0: Welcome to our podcast. We talk all about the excessively nice type C personality. I'm Dr. Corey Gleed, a clinical psychologist. I'm Anna White,
1: a former Wall Streeter and recovering type C. Type C people hate disappointing others, carry the weight of the world on their shoulders, avoid conflict, and suppress emotions. Many of us
0: identify as type C. Our health has suffered, and we want to learn new ways of living healthier. On this podcast, we'll pull from our own experiences and also learn from experts.
1: We hope you enjoy the show. For the next few podcasts, we thought it might be interesting to lay out some common situations where type C people can overdo it and give some really specific examples and then use our new framework that we've developed called SAS, S-A-S-S, and we'll get more into that later. But today, we wanted to focus on workplace situations, so a very, very, very common scenario is for excessively nice type C people to take on a lot at work. So if you work in a corporate setting, maybe it's people coming to you with questions and requests and projects, and you have a very, very difficult time saying no, feeling like you don't want to burden anybody else with this work. So you offer to help, you offer to pitch in, and sometimes you end up even taking on other people's work, even though that wasn't part of the request. And I am super guilty of this i had a really hard time with this when i was in the corporate world and at one point when i was in my investment career i worked for a company where there was a pretty high degree of structure but people were expected to take on a lot of things across the company there were a lot of projects going on and there were times when people would write into our investment group with requests and and little projects and I often found myself instead of pointing them to a different resource or trying to collaborate with them in some way I would just jump in and say oh no worries I'll do this and then I would just take on the whole thing and I think this is super super common for type c people Corey I know you've had patients that have really struggled with
0: this yeah, I think it's important that we're going to talk about the skills and how to deal with this situation, but I think it's also really important to normalize this, that for people with type C who struggle with feeling lesser or feel they need to prove themselves, the sort of desire to say yes, the fear of saying no drives all these behaviors. And again, like you get rewards, you you know, people are so appreciative. They're really happy with you. You feel more value. It feels really, really good to have
1: people be happy with you. And it almost, I mean, at least for me, it became part of my identity. And that was a really hard thing to think about giving up because if you're known as this super reliable team player, that's how you feel value. That's how you value yourself. And then it becomes that much harder to
0: say no. Right. And I think it's also really important to talk about the fact that type C people don't, uh, there's a block really a guard up against the cost. So you're not noticing how tired you are. You're not noticing how spent you are. You're not noticing how you're burning the candle at both ends until unfortunately like it's you know too late. So I think it's important to realize that unfortunately while other people may think or notice, oh my God, I'd love to say yes, but I just, I'm so tired. The type C person just kind of doesn't even, there's a real separation in between your mind and body. Um, and so I think that that unfortunately can can drive a lot of type C behaviors. So um, yeah, no, I've, I've had many patients. I definitely have one patient in particular who, Exactly like you, Anna, really struggled in a corporate setting with um, people coming and instead of, you know, instead of saying no or go look for it this place, she would just take on the work. I also had a patient a while back who was a doctor and this person Also struggled when people would ask. So oftentimes doctors have to take call. So you have to sort of either be in the hospital or be at home, ready and waiting. And sometimes other people's call schedules, you know, conflict. And so um, a friend of this this patient of mine, a, a colleague, said, "Hey, you know, this weekend I'm supposed to take call, but you know, there's something happening in my family, and could you do it?" And my patient said, "Yes." And, you know, my patient was, like any doctor, working a lot, a lot of hours on top of that call schedule. And, you know, my patient really struggled with thinking about their needs and what was important to them. And just that was not present in the response you know someone says they need their, your help you say yes so it, i think it's that that's really important to be helpful and so it was not possible to think about you know maybe i could say no and you know as we've talked about over time you end up feeling angry and resentful because people who don't have type c traits can say no sometimes. And that really helps you not feel like you are doing everything for everyone else and people are not doing the same for you. Because ultimately many people do have a, a shutoff valve. Type C people don't. And when they're
1: saying no, then you feel even more obligated to say yes because you feel like, well, the work has to get done. And you know, I'm the one that can take it on. Uh and that just exacerbates the issue and you end up overloaded and stressed and you know physically breaking down like I did.
0: So should we talk a little bit about some skills that you can use? Our first S
1: in the SAS is to spot the rules in our minds that are driving our decisions and our actions. So I think it's pretty clear in these scenarios that the rule is I can't let anyone down, I can't disappoint anyone, I can't burden somebody else. And we've talked a lot about where those rules come from, the fact that they're incredibly deeply ingrained. They're not even a part of our active thought patterns. They're just in the background driving all of our decision-making. And so it's so important to become aware of them because once we're aware of them, then we can bring them into our consciousness, understand why we're making these decisions and start to evaluate and challenge these rules and think about, okay, I need to understand the rule, and I need to understand the costs that this rule is having on, on my life, having on my health and even having on my career. Because a lot of times when you are saying yes to a lot of stuff at work, I know it was the case for me. I would take on stuff that was beneath my skill level because I didn't want other people to have to take it on So I think when you do that, you really set yourself back because you're not learning things, new things. You're not learning new skills. You're doing this base level work that you just did because nobody else wanted to do it. And you, 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 you were the one that raised your hand because you felt like you had to. So S
0: spot the rule. Is there anything you want to add to that? Corey? Well, I'm just going to add a couple of things, which I think we've mentioned before, but it never hurts to repeat them. First of all, you also don't give other people an opportunity to grow right? So when you take it on, you think you're being so helpful to everyone else, but you're not necessarily. Another thing also is you alienate yourself. One of the things about type C people is they put on this facade, you look like you've got it all covered and you're miserable and dying inside. And so people think like, how does she do it? And people are more likely to clump together with people who are like, I'm exhausted. I have so much work. Oh God, I can't do that. Right? Like that's real. That's vulnerable. That's honest. And so oftentimes you end up kind of being scared. Like people are almost like, who is she? She's the, you know, magic superhero person. And it it can often alienate, you know, I alienate you, I definitely have other patients who have ended up being uh, alienated in situations, especially corporate situations, where they have definitely seemed like they can do it all. And that doesn't, that doesn't go well. Let's talk about the next one, which is accept your importance. I can't say how much I talk to patients about this. Anna, you have definitely talked about this, but feeling lesser. Feeling not good enough is a real challenge for many people that have type C traits. Oftentimes there was something growing up that led you to feel this way, whether it was some sort of trauma or abuse or some sort of invalidating early environment or criticism or perfectionism. And so unfortunately, you just don't feel good enough. And that can drive your behavior all the time and, you know, set yourself up for very, very high standards for yourself, which obviously everyone's going to fail at that. And this can lead to a lot of needing to prove yourself. So tremendous amount of exhaustion and fatigue. Anna, do you want to add anything?
1: Yeah, I would just say that I think if you, if you don't feel worthy of being there, if you don't feel worthy of the job, then you are so much more likely to try to prove yourself, take on all this stuff, try to prove that you are valuable to the company, that your contributions are great, and maybe you know quantity over quality, and that can just really backfire on you. But it's a hard thing to accept your own import- importance, I think, if you have spent so much time feeling lesser, then how do you actually turn the corner on Okay. Now I accept my importance. It's just not something that can come overnight.
0: And, uh, and yeah, let's talk about that. So, I mean, I have patients, uh, I have a patient, you know, who definitely talks about this all the time. And it's, even though she, she's extremely accomplished, (laughs) She's always feeling that way. And um, it holds her back from taking risks and pushing herself to seek raises, to seek a new job. And so definitely it, it's a significant problem. So we talk a lot about a couple of things. One thing is the double standard, right? Right. So, like, why are you less worthy? Why are you not good enough? But you would never say that to a friend, right? You know, or just kind of normalizing it meaning that there may be things that you feel you're not as good at or not as worthy but noticing the black or white thinking the all or nothing and trying to recognize that no one is perfect everyone makes mistakes and then obviously definitely trying to pay attention to when it first started did it start because of what we were talking about before, invalidation or lack of support or a lot of pressure or criticism growing up? And was it just something that maybe you were criticized a lot? I have a lot of patients who got criticized a lot and that just made them feel not good enough. And so is it something that is kind of internal? And then the last thing I'll say is sometimes it doesn't matter if it's right or wrong. Maybe it is right, maybe you're not worthy. Here's a quick question to ask you. When you really believe that thought, how has it helped your life? Has it helped you be the mom or the sister or the friend or the partner that you wanna be? Has it made you proud of yourself if you spend a lot of time listening to that thought and acting in line with that thought? So it doesn't really matter whether it's true or not, maybe it is true, but when you let that thought guide you, does it help you help others more? Does it help you help yourself? So,
1: yeah, I am thinking back to my career and I'm thinking about how I would always compare myself to other people and they always seemed smarter. They always seemed more hardworking. They always seemed more engaged than I was in, in the actual work itself. And it's funny to look back because a lot of those people ended up not in great places. You know, you always you thought these people were just so amazing and you know, some of them got fired some of them were actually nefarious. Some of them were fraudulent, you know? And, and so you put these people on a pedestal and you focus on comparing yourself and and focus on all of your weaknesses, as opposed to really thinking about, okay, I have a lot of strengths as all people do. I have weaknesses as all people do. How can I really Focus more on my strengths, focus on how those strengths can make a contribution to the company because they absolutely can. I mean, just being organized is such an incredible strength you know, that a lot of people just don't really um, value in themselves. So there are a lot of things that we bring to the table and being a little bit more, I think, analytical about that and and not so letting emotion take over so much.
0: Right, so I definitely don't like to spend a lot of time like looking for truth because I think that can be very subjective, but I do think it is important to realize like, do you have reviews? What do they say about you? Right. what have your colleagues said about you? You know, I'm guess like most type C people get great reviews and colleagues love them. So it is important to kind of ground yourself a little bit in like, maybe I don't feel good enough. Maybe I don't feel worthy, but wow, people seem to really want me on their projects, on their team, want me to be a part of things. So clearly they do think that I am good enough in some way. And this can be really hard if you work for yourself, actually, because you don't get that uh, feedback loop to help you very true. And my performance reviews were all great,
1: but I didn't believe them. And you think about that in hindsight, and it just doesn't make any sense. (laughs) It really doesn't. All right, let's go on to our third tool, the second S, which is sitting with difficult emotions. And this is really important when we're going against a rule in our head, we have big emotions that come up, mostly guilt, types and people will do everything in our power to avoid feeling really big emotions we avoid guilt we suppress anger and so important to develop a tolerance and a stamina for just tolerating and you know sitting with those emotions instead of trying to push them away right. easier said than done sometimes but I have found that over time I guess looking back I was very very unaware of my emotional state no idea. I knew I I was aware of guilt. I was not aware of anger. And I found journaling to be so helpful and just like sitting and like being aware of where I am in my emotional state. Like what is coming up for me right now? What is this all about? Putting it on paper is just a way of getting it out of my head and onto something else. Kind of like a to-do list in a way, but just let's get it out there And it doesn't even have to make sense, but it's just putting it out there.
0: I was just gonna say that what you're talking about is really just being mindful. I think that that's kind Mm -hmm. of the popular tag uh, word nowadays, but I think with everyone and especially type C people, There is a lack of awareness. And so a huge component of this is recognizing when you notice the rule in your head and you decide you're thinking about going against it, what does that feel like in your body? Right. So when guilt shows up, what does that do to your body? And can you sit with that? I mean, we live in a society that is constantly like, oh, go do yoga, go take a medicine, you know, go try this supplement or go for a run, watch a funny movie, have a drink to get away from our feelings. But if we could all just stop that. (laughs) And really just recognize, okay, so there's this rule in my head that I can't disappoint other people, right? Okay? Well, now I understand where this rule comes from, comes from. I had a lot of, you know experiences over my lifetime that just drilled it and banged it into me. And so I am doing the opposite. That feels really uncomfortable. And so, oh, my, my neck feels tight, my shoulders feel tight, my pelvic floor muscles are like this, you know, all those things and just kind of recognizing, okay, like this makes sense i'm doing something i was told never to do or i or i internalized never to do so of course i'm feeling anxious or guilty and this is really uncomfortable however what is the cost so kind of pumping yourself up for sitting with this and realizing the cost and then our our last skill which is a very very important one the, four, the third and final s say no thoughtfully, communicate directly and clearly with no apologies. So it is just so important we can't talk enough about communication. For people with type C, they can think so much about other people, but often there weren't really a lot of opportunities or experiences to be talking about their needs, your needs, and what matters. And so Try not to beat yourself up about this. This is not a skill that you're great at. So thinking about ways to say no, trying to be very short and sweet. I was just talking to a patient the other day that vagueness is so good because if you are short and sweet and say it, you know, just in a vague way, that is that means that the person who you're saying no to has much less to attach onto, right? If you're talking to a, a pushy person, a child, or a friend. Or a boss, the more details you give, the more someone will say, Oh, well, but what about this? But if you just say it no short and sweet, you know, really I, I would love to help, but unfortunately I'm slammed right now. There's not that much they can attach onto, right? So you can certainly validate that you would love to help, or you know, thanks so much for coming to me with that. I appreciate that you care about my opinion. I am just slammed right now, you know, or I just have so much on my plate right now. Just make it short. And that is the safest way. The more you apologize or explain, the more you get stuck in the weeds, the more you will say yes. And we've talked about this
1: a lot, but just to reiterate, using a delay tactic is always a good strategy. If you feel like you're caught in the moment, somebody comes to you with something and you can't figure out a reason to say no, let me think about that and come back to you. Totally fine. Always works. I've got a lot on my plate. Let me think about that. And I'll come back with some ideas, or, or or whatever it is. But giving yourself time to think about, okay, what exactly is this that's being asked of me? How does it benefit me? What are the costs? Does this make sense for me to take on? Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's a hard yes. Maybe it's a hard no. Maybe there's something in between that we could offer that's a little bit, you know, scaled back, and that's fine too. But delay tactic. Easy peasy in terms of just giving yourself a little bit of breathing room.
0: I think the delay tactic might be one of the single most important skills for people with type C because it buys you time to do a lot of this work. And a delay tactic can be so friendly. I mean, all of these all of these catchphrases
1: can be really friendly. I think if you're a type C person who avoids conflict, that's when it gets sticky for you to think about saying no and it's going to be some antagonistic conversation and it's going to be super painful. But all of these can be very, very friendly. Let me think about that and come back to you. You know, my plate is really full right now. I would love to give that project the attention that it deserves, but I can't right now. I've got too much going on.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I think the important thing also is keep reminding yourself, this is a question that I'll often ask some of my patients is this going to hurt you in any way, right? So the delay tactic can often help buy you time. So by all means, say yes as much as you want, as long as you are always asking yourself, is this going to hurt me in any way? If I say yes to this, what does it mean I'm not going to be able to do for myself or for someone else? Mm -hmm. A lot of times we just don't take the time to think about that. So that is our first podcast all about specific uh, situations that type C people get stuck in. We talked about workplace situations today and our SaaS framework because everyone needs a little SaaS in their life. But stay tuned. We're going to come back with some more specific situations and some more great type C tools.
1: And if any of our listeners have specific situations that you would like us to dissect, we would be more than happy to. We love to hear from people. Email us at typectoolbox at gmail.com. If you're interested in being a guest on our podcast, or there's a topic you want to talk about,
0: please get in touch. Our email address is typectoolbox at gmail.com. If there's a story you'd like to share, we're putting together a book on type C, and we can always hide identities if desired. Check out our blog and Instagram for more on Type-C. It's
1: typectoolbox.com and at Type-C Toolbox. And leave
0: us a review on the podcast. Thank you for listening today. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only. It's not meant to be a substitute for mental health treatment. If you're having a mental health emergency, please dial 911. If you're looking for mental health treatment, please visit the National Alliance on Mental Illness website at NAMI, which is N-A-M-I dot org.